In 2016, all that changed. It was no longer lots of rain and the Patapsco rising. It was about velocity and incredibly dangerous conditions. It was about furniture, planters, and cars floating down the street, causing massive damage to fronts of buildings and floors being blown out of buildings over the Tiber. We were heartbroken for our neighbors, and yet we all rallied because that is what the resilient people who live and work here do. Howard County, number one. Oh my God. Ma'am, what's going on? We are at Dean Hollow in Old Elkin City on Frederick Road. The water is above the doors coming in the building. We need somebody to come in. The first, the first thing I remember is like, oh my gosh, the water is up to the balcony on Obla D. Hello? Hi, this is 911. Somebody said this number just called and hung up. Is everybody okay? No, there's water in my store. It's flooding in Ellicott City. The threat of a flood had become the new normal on Main Street. The, the next the door, next door won't open. We can't get out the back and there's a lot of water. It's We're also... rolling our dice on a storm-by-storm -storm basis. Okay, well, are we going to die? Honey, I'm just, I'm so... No, honey, I'm going to do my best so that does not happen, okay? You want me to stay in the line with you for a minute? Jane? Jane? This is Ellicott City. Historic town, historic water. on the pre-roll belongs to Wendy Baird. She's an Ellicott City resident and business owner who is one of over 60 people who testified during a public hearing at a Howard County Council meeting on September 17th. She was sharing some of her memories and experiences with the flood of July 30th, 2016. The County Council was listening to the community's opinion about a flood mitigation plan that had been announced by County Executive Alan Kittleman and Councilman John Weinstein on August 23rd of this year. The county's announcement was three months after the unthinkable happened again. Ellicott City had another thousand-year storm and resultant cataclysmic flood on May 27th, 2018, a short 22 months after the first one. Here's Wendy Baird. My company came back to Main Street, higher up the street above the river. We love Ellicott City. And then we watched in disbelief again, horrified and holding our breath this May. Ellicott Mills Road was washed out. And further down Main Street, the damage was unimaginable and the story's harrowing. Forget every thousand years or hundred years. We didn't even get to. It will happen again. Hopefully not tonight. It will happen again. Hopefully not tonight. That was the sentiment that we heard from many of the residents and business owners with whom we spoke during our reporting. Surviving a destructive and deadly natural disaster can often have a traumatic effect on those people who had to weather it. 
But when it happens again after a short period of time, what do you do? How does an individual, a family, a business, the community, civic leaders, how do they respond? What would you do? That was the question facing Howard County and Ellicott City leaders after the 2018 flood. So on August 23rd, at the county council meeting, a plan was going to be presented. As you can imagine, it was much anticipated and emotions were high. I need to start by recognizing that there are many people who are passionate about the outcome and what we intend or what will be the best thing to do. And that emotions run high and as the result voices can run high as well as actions can um, be swift and can potentially get in the way of someone else in the room. So I'm going to remind folks that we are here tonight to listen and learn and that um, anyone who is here and wants to share their thoughts and opinions with us as we go through this, we will have a public hearing on September 17th. We're going to start it at 6 o'clock, knowing that there are likely to be many people who will want to participate with us. I say that because it is a very important to understand tonight is not the night for those of you who are watching and here with us to ask questions. Tonight's the night to learn, to formulate questions, to send us questions that you may have as the result of what you hear but it is absolutely a night for listening and learning. Then it was time for the county executive to take the mic. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson Sigidi and members of the council. Thank you for the opportunity for us to present the plan to explain our vision for, for Ellicott City. County Executive Kittleman then began an overview of what would be a 90-plus minute presentation of the process that the civil engineering firm, McCormick Taylor, that the county had contracted, used to model and analyze flash flooding. He went over the alternatives they considered, and he emphasized the county's priority of protecting lives for future visitors, for the shop owners, for the residents of historic Ellicott City. Then about eight minutes in, he said this, this bold five-year strategy to mitigate flooding in Ellicott City includes a core component that would address the most immediate life safety threat in the town's lower Main Street within one year. The strategy includes the acquisition and removal of 10 buildings on the south side of Main Street, of which at least three of the 10 buildings are beyond reasonable repair. That sounds reasonable, right? Removing buildings that were demolished by floodwaters? That are irreparable? Well, not so fast, my friend. There are a few people who disagree. Remember Shelley Wigand from our first episode? This is what she told me happened to her the very next day. Given the fact that you've uh, started, you have that webpage. Yeah, it's, it's not, okay. it's not mine. I got, the, what happened was the morning of the news conference, okay. I got a call at like seven o'clock in the morning from a community activist and she said, this is happening. 
get as many of your surly friends as you can down to the train station because this is going to go down. And so after it did, um, you know, I came back and it's like, here, let's let everybody wanted to start. There actually was the other Rose who said, we should start a page. And everybody's like, well, sure, I don't know, go ahead. So she did. And it just started building and building. But, you know, I may be the a moderator on that. And you probably see me posting probably more than I should. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all the people, that, Charles, Tara, Mary Catherine Cochran, uh, Dan, uh, the other people, there's Mike Anson, there's, there's a loose group of people, so I'm just, right. uh, uh, Oh, I'm not saying yeah. it's your opinion, yeah, it's not. But, but, but you did mention it, you did mention it in your testimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you are a participant in that page. Exactly. So within days of the county's announcement of their plans to demolish 10 buildings on Main Street, the Facebook group, Let's Work to Save Historic Ellicott City, was born. Passionate residents and historic preservationists have used it as a forum to discuss their criticisms of what started to be known as the Kittleman-Weinstein plan. It also became a place for them to spitball ideas, to review alternatives to the demolition plan. They wanted to try to save the historic buildings. Here's Shelley again. History is important. Mm -hmm. Human life is important. And if the county had come out with a plan that said, we're going to take these buildings down, but when we do, this place will be bulletproof and it'll be 100% safe. You know, there won't be any flooding. And this is, we, we, we've created a plan. Unfortunately, you know, we have to sacrifice these buildings, but this is the silver bullet and this will save lives. But it won't. And in my eyes, it's the worst of both worlds. We lose 24% of historic Main Street and we continue to be under the threat of lethal waters, you know, sweeping around away people, cars, into the Patapsco. So I, per, just from a layperson's point of view, I don't see an upside to this plan. There's nothing, to me, there's nothing, there's nothing good about it. There's not a trade-off to say, gee, we're doing the hard thing, but, you know, human lives are at stake, and this will save lives. We're just never going to have a flood on Lower Main Street because that's not true. If this plan said removal of these buildings will make the rest, it will relieve the pressure, it will open up everything so that the upper portions and everything above it will not flood anymore, we would be having a different conversation. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't. Remember him? That's Charles Kyler. Like Shelley, he's a resident of historic Ellicott City. He was in episode one as well. Part of what I'm trying to do is help educate people first and foremost to the fact that this plan is not delivering on this safety promise. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what happened to Joan and the others is horrific mm -hmm. and shouldn't happen ever to anyone, ever. And to be putting people back in harm's way with the false sense of security when this is their model is just irresponsible to me. Um, you know, I, 
my my friends and my neighbors and my neighbors' kids work on Main Street. They don't want their kids working on Main Street anymore. If it's going to be a rain day, they make plans to call in sick. You know, uh, the owners of the places. I mean, living under the constant threat of being out of another year or two years of livelihood because a flood event happens, they're right to be scared out of their mind. And I think, they're, I think they have grabbed onto the rope that they were thrown, but I think that there's actually a false expectation of what's on the other end of that rope. Which is what I keep finding more and more as I as I try to talk to people and ask them the question, they, I get the response of, it's gonna be safer and better, and when I say how, and hold up the chart, there's a, there's a, there's a disbelief that this is gonna make it better, and I, I just don't believe that. Let me insert this little fact point here. The Joan that Charles was talking about is Joan Eve Shea Cohen. She's a 75-year-old businesswoman who has a long history in Ellicott City. Her shop, Joan Eve Classics and Collectibles, has been devastated twice by flooding in two separate locations. She had to be saved with water up to her neck in the most recent flood. The chart, well actually charts, to which Charles was referring are graphic representations that are part of the county's flood mitigation proposal. The color-coded drawings show estimates of the height and speed of flood water that would flow down Main Street if a storm that equaled the 2016 deluge were to hit again. During the 2016 flood at its peak, flood waters on Lower Main Street, well, on, let, me, let me quote the plan. Quote, during the July 30th, 2016 flooding event, not only were water levels in the Tiber Hudson branch, the Newcut branch, and on Main Street over eight feet in depth, the rushing water's velocity of approximately 11.1 feet per second created a significant risk for life safety and major destructive damage to buildings, particularly on Lower Main Street." End quote. There were four alternatives presented in the Kittleman-Weinstein plan. The last one, the expanded stream channel model, is the one that was estimated to create the best flood relief and make the town safer, especially on Lower Main Street. Let me quote the plan. Quote, With the expanded stream channel and the removal of buildings along Lower Main Street, the water velocity is approximately 4.5 feet per second, a significant reduction from the conditions that existed during the July 30th, 2016 flood, with water velocity around 11.1 feet per second, end quote. And according to the color coding, the water height with the proposed plan will be two to six feet on Lower Main Street. Remember those numbers because we will return to them in this story. Two to six feet of water traveling at 4.5 feet per second. Those are the numbers that Charles was talking about. This is what seems to be the biggest criticism from opponents of the plan.
So where are we? Some county officials and engineers say that the town will be safer during a flood with the proposed mitigation plan, while opponents say that the town still isn't safe. So why destroy historic structures? Safer isn't good enough. They might have a point, but haven't county officials made a good point as well? Isn't it better to work towards safe by going through safer? Or should you solve the total problem first before doing anything? What about the risk of lives? What's the cost-risk-benefit of doing more research when it could flood at any time? It might just be a matter of perspective. Most things are. So before we move forward, let's take a look back. That'll be next time on Ellicott City, Historic Town, Historic Water. On the next Ellicott City Historic Town Historic Water, we pay a visit to the Howard County Historical Society. And the granite uh, was used in building the buildings down in Ellicott City because of the uh, strong nature of the granite. But I don't think that they were thinking at that time of flooding conditions. If you look at the topography, I mean, basically what is Main Street Ellicott City, but really a giant stone funnel. Uh, I know people that lived in Ellicott City at the time and their parents, the, the mothers would tell their daughters, you're not allowed to go past Kaplan's. You cannot go down to the end of town. <laughs> you know, you, they were, there was only a certain area where these ladies were allowed to go. Ellicott City Historic Town Historic Water is a production of the Fletcher Group Incorporated in collaboration with the Number One Two Podcast. Original music is by Gordon Roberts. Our exit track is The Rain Song, written and performed by Voices Three. I'm Howard R. Fletcher. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye bye. I fall like tears. I fall